And we welcome you to Friday night. This is wrestling. I was not going to say SmackDown, Lieber Sage, Zach Friggin McGibbon on a Friday night on This Is Wrestling. Zach, I don't want you to miss SmackDown. I know it's like your third favorite show of the week. So uh, we'll hopefully get this done uh, before that. But how are you on this Friday evening? Doing pretty good, Lee. Uh, I was actually not planning on watching SmackDown mm. tonight. Uh, I was actually planning on watching uh, the return drive. of... Uh, well, that that would also be mm. more entertaining than SmackDown. But uh, Slam Ball is returning tonight. Uh, and I was trying to find if there's a stream or something for Canada, if either TSN or Sportsnet has picked it up. I just learned a couple of minutes ago that neither have uh, picked it up. So I'm I'm... Left in the dark on how I'm going to watch the return of Slam Ball, Lee. Wow. I know. To think I went through the channels tonight for recording to see if Rampage was on, because they've showed it the last two or three weeks. And, of course, it's not on. (laughs) So, you know, why would that be? Because they've shown it two weeks in a row. Why would they show it, you know, on a third week in a row, blah, blah, blah. But Slam Ball. So what is it about Slam Ball that has your... um, interest more than paint drying on a friday night in belleville <laughs> i think it's just the combination of the football elements with basketball and just seeing a guy just get you know you take the posterizer dunk in basketball and you take it to a different level with the trampoline involved and pads i i think it's just the appeal of that and also just the area the era it came through uh you know in the mid-2000s and uh i it's just all that combined together makes me fascinated to see how Slam Ball will do. So, again, unfortunately, I don't know where I'm going to find it. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to ha- have a way to watch it. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. But uh, in terms of uh, on the major uh, platforms here in Canada, doesn't appear to be any sort of streaming or television or anything for Slam Ball. So I, I, I feel like I'm lost. Does that mean I have to watch SmackDown tonight? Well, let me... Uh... I was going to say, let me offer a couple of, of Friday night suggestions Okay. for you. Um, first of all, uh, Hallmark Channel, Women's Network, a fantastic month of Christmas in July Hallmark movies, uh, Zach. So you can kind of get in touch with your December side because you're a lot colder in person. So <laughs> I, I f- feel like that fits. And, you know, to be able to do that, a couple of really... I'm telling you, when you bet on the first kiss for a Hallmark movie Mm. and just set the over-under at give or take one hour, 56 minutes and 30 seconds. (laughs) And then, then, like, you're you're holding on. You're holding your breath for the entire movie. Mm. So, a lot to do with that. Um, A Friday night, um, you can't watch Rampage. Unless you watch it, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yes. Um, so I I feel like your wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Once you get to the wink, wink, nudge, nudge, I call it the WN. Because mm. WWNN, the WN, wink, wink, yep. nudge, nudge. Mm-hmm. So once you get there, you're probably going to end up watching the G1. Yep. Because wink, wink, nudge, nudge, that's how you watch everything. <laughs> so, um, you still work in Belleville. We get it, Zach. It's okay. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm just searching through the Hallmark Channel. Uh, what's on the schedule? Yeah, and uh, I see a Royal Christmas Crush is uh, one of the featured movies. 
Okay. We'll keep going. Yeah. What's the next one? I see uh, Take Me Back for Christmas. Okay. That's really different from the last one, which is good. I, I, I know. Uh, those are the two featured ones so far. Let me well, just, just see. Yeah, just keep scrolling, there. Zach. It's all weekend long, okay? <laughs> you, like, don't you could stay up all night. Ooh, so here's uh, here's the Friday one. I missed a kiss before Christmas at 4 p.m. Currently, mm. it's Christmas wishes and mistletoe kisses at 6 p.m. Christmas and then, wishes and mistletoe kisses. It feels right. like lifestyles of the rich and famous. <laughs> it does have that sort of vibe to it. But here's the real main event here, Lee. Here we go. A royal corgi Christmas at 8 p.m. That's the main event right a, there. A royal what? Corgi, like the dog. Oh, <laughs> Zach, I'm gonna have to go. Like I, I got, I got popcorn to make. I got, got things to get ready for this. Um, it has you laughing, which is good, but it doesn't have me laughing nearly as much. Number one, because I actually watched all these movies and bet on when the first kiss is, and I'm Ooh. telling you. I'm telling not all the ones that you mentioned, maybe not, but I've watched a number of Hallmark movies. A lot of them done, of course, um, in um, in BC, but all of them are done in Canada, right? So yes. because it's just cheaper to make it, and with the American dollar, and they come up. But these some in Ottawa, some in Almont, some in our surrounding area. That it's pretty cool to actually see these movies being done in the market. And being done with all the all the places that you would know and how they how they modify what you know into what they want it to be, right? So it's I I actually think it's really cool. And I have bet on many of them. And I'm telling you, Zach, when I bet on the over at one minute fifty-seven and the first kiss happened at one hour eleven minutes, I'm mm. like, what am I going to do with 49 minutes? Like what <laughs> what how could this plot develop? Because <laughs> Usually these movies, right? Character development, character development, yep, character development, more a little bit more character development, and then about 146, hour 46 in, Zach, there's a miscommunication oh, somewhere. No. Oh yeah. no. So something happens, maybe a phone call overheard, the guy's talking to his sister, but then the girl comes in and hears this talk to another woman flies away leaves the city without talking to him she's so mad i mean she just could have actually said who was that on the phone and everything would have been fine but it zach the plot lee the plot it, it then leads to like this 11 minutes of oh my god until they make up oh. and then and then they kiss and everything's fine that's so, the standard hallmark movie right there that, that it really is um <laughs> i actually don't think i've left anything out other than a lot of uh wherever whatever city they have gone to a lot of kind of feature location shots right. right right so if they happen to uh just watched one in tuscany italy and mm. was actually filmed there which good for them uh but it might have been made in 24 hours so <laughs> it was like one guy just go and get all the shots in tuscany you can son and then <laughs> come back to me and then there's an editor and then you know let's go into this room and film scene let's go into the next room and film right. scene but but they did it in tuscany italy and i got to i got to see what tuscany was all about zach 
I'm sure it was some uh, tax write-off for an executive at uh, Hallmark. Now, Zach, you're laughing. I'm not. Do you know why I'm not laughing as much? Oh, why, why aren't you laughing? Well, it's because I'm a little bit um, chuckled out. Oh. Yeah. Do you know why I'm chuckled out? Why are you chuckled out? Because I used all of my chuckles when MJF and Adam Cole came out in the TD Garden and we had a dance off. We had a lot of, oh, what's the word? Brocha. Um, brochacho. Brochacho. Yeah. We had a lot of brochachos. We had a dance off. We had a couple of Pope dives from MJF that he's calling the greatest dive in the history of pro wrestling. I don't disagree. And Zach, I'm going to start us off. Blood and guts at the TD Garden was Adam Cole and MJF segment more memorable than Blood and Guts? Oh man, let's let's wow. dis- let's discuss. Oh jeez, because, because at the end of it, Zach, the answer is yes, yes, it was. Oh boy. Okay, and before I sit here and I'm not going to obliterate is a is a wrong word because portions of what i saw like i understand it's a almost like a blow off pay-per-view main event where it's finishing months and months of storylines with that said this was not good and i actually do believe that adam cole and mjf is what i'm going to remember from the show Okay. okay. Uh, memorabil- memorability factor. I can see that argument. Uh, I, I, uh, I thought the pre-tapes sucked again. And I thought the dance okay. off uh, uh, Zach, actually Zach, be- made me want to change the channel. Before, before you get to more of your fantastically wrong take, um, <laughs> I, will, I will agree with you. The pre-tape in the restaurant was awful. It was awful. Okay, so I, we're on the same page with that. Just, just so you know, I was but I was going to have to ask a lot of questions if yeah. you were going to defend that one. No, but after that, like the dance off was actually incredible. It was one of the best com- comedic non wrestling segments I've seen in a long time. I hated it. I don't know what else you want me to say. I I. Well, I know because you're you're <laughs> the guy who likes comedy and wrestling, and there's a place for it. But suddenly, when it's good, you hate it. No, it's because... not good comedy. Oh, you're not going to believe this, Lee. One of the baby faces can't dance. Oh, 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 they had a record scratch, and they and you know we saw Guevara and Garcia dancing. Oh, 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 oh these wacky antics. Like I'm watching Monday Night Raw. Oh, that's unbelievable. This is the alternative, Lee. Oh. oh, oh. Once they actually did the in-ring stuff, I enjoyed it. I, I That's what I've been saying about this story. The pre-tape, I, I was getting ready to have to really lash out if anybody was going to defend this pre-tape because that was awful. And uh, I did not like the dance-off. Once they actually did the in-ring stuff, What did you not and, like about the dance-off? I, it's just, it's one of those things that... I know it's fake, okay? I know wrestling is fake. I don't need to throw it in my face that it's fake. You know what I mean? It's just, that's... But this the, was so over the top. It wasn't thrown in your face. This uh, was just people actually... 
the crowd went crazy, Zach. Uh, I I I will acknowledge that the crowd was very much into this. They I were will not really, really like this was not a few people enjoying it and then laughing and then sitting back down. This was as hot a crowd for a segment like that that I've ever seen. I'm I'm not taking away that the crowd was hot for it, but I for my personal taste, this is not what I look for in pro wrestling. Uh I I again I've said before that there is a place for comedy and wrestling, uh, as long as it's funny. And I just personally don't find that stuff funny. Me, me personally. I, I it's just like I find that to be a complete waste of time and it's just trying to be something you aren't. It's the constant need of having to feel like because we're pro wrestling, we, we got to feel ashamed of ourselves that we're pro wrestling. So we're going to try and take elements of popular media and try and be like that so that we could give ourselves credibility when you guys are just pro wrestlers. And that's okay to be a pro wrestling. But Zach, I just, but Zach, like in this particular instance, I, I just couldn't disagree with you more because number one, this was before. Like, look, you might tell me that blood and guts was really good and other people might tell me that it's really good but it certainly is a particular thing right mm -hmm. that you either like that sort of thing or you don't but it's violence it's yep. it's people doing things they also don't normally do for the sake of uh, for the sake of violence and the way that the match was laid out. So to do something that was so polar opposite before this, that is the, there is no better time. There was no better time to do this with a hot crowd than right before what you're going to do for an hour that's going to be polar opposite. You don't yep. need Adam Cole and MJF to go in there and be professional wrestlers right before you're going to have an hour-long blood and guts match. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give them a lot of credit here as far as picking their spot because I might sit here and argue that, oh, I thought it was hilarious, but if this is on a main event on Dynamite, then I'm like, mm, no. like right. that, that That's not the right spot for it. I don't think you could have selected a better spot at any point than you did for this. and. Tell me you don't want a jacket or a shirt with Adam. Like the jackets they came out with were incredible. Yeah. The, mu the music blending, incredible. So matching tights, the matching jackets blended the music, went out there and like legitimately had fun and made other people watching have fun. Like MJF was having the time of his life. And what I love about his character is that it's okay to do this. Other people do this. And we discussed the tent earlier on in the week. And we've discussed, you used to have like way back in the day and Scotty too hottie and is doing dance offs with Rikishi and with other people in the ring. Right? Like, mm -hmm. but they didn't have anything else. That's not, they weren't, deviating from their character that was their character everybody knows that mjf is a whiny chicken crap heel that talks a lot and eventually is going to be the heel and he's going to get back to his same mjf ways 
So this is a complete deviation from an already established character. This is not just, I don't know, the acclaimed coming out and like, okay, we rap and now we dance. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I really don't care. I love this because this was different and they're not going to do it every week. They're going through a little stage of this success with this team and then it's going to go away. And we all know it's going to go away. I'm actually lost to your mindset of you like comedic parts of wrestling. You Mm -hmm. know that this is like a, I don't want to call it a one-off, but like a one-off as far as this run is concerned, because this run will end soon and we, and we know we're going to get Adam Cole and MJF for the world title. And it's not going to be gimmicky and dance offy and all that stuff. It's going to be serious wrestling. So I'm, incredulous as to how you don't appreciate this along the way mainly because i've seen how over this has gotten and we're going to get some other the way that wrestling works a lot of times is the copycat business and so we're going to get some repetition of this in some form and it's going to be lesser than the original and the original in my mind was already not that great to begin with just for my personal taste i enjoy the acclaimed stuff way more than this i can tell you that um, not, 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 not in terms of the storyline. It's just, I'm talking about the dance off. Like I enjoy this MJF Adam Cole pairing. Once they actually get into the ring and they start, you know, they're trying to get along and they're doing the, the comedic spots that I like, I, cause to me, funny enough, I actually don't find it that over the top where it's insulting. It's, it's, it's played up for comedy and, and the crowd is into it and it's fun to watch the other stuff I find just completely excessive. It's the pre-tapes, the dance-off. I don't need that stuff in in the pro wrestling. The stuff that they were doing in the ring is perfect enough for me for me to get behind. But now that this other stuff has been put in, and I've seen the history of this with a lot of other wrestling promotions, they fall into the trap of seeing something that gets over, and so they're going to mimic it and try and duplicate it over and over. I just, it's 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 that, and and what it could potentially be for the future. I just. I, I I I just want to watch like these two guys or these two tag teams, these two women, whatever. Just fight, have a wrestling match, simulated combat sport. That's what I personally like in wrestling. I will not take away from the fact that it was over. The crowd was into it. And obviously, with the crowd into it, if you're a wrestling promotion, you would be dumb just to ignore it and not go into it. But that's my fear, is that they do go into it and then they oversaturate it. And then it becomes not as funny as the original. Right. He- but 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 this won't happen in this case because we all know that this is going to blow off soon. There's no fear of that. Where is if the acclaim come out or back in the day of Scotty Too Hotty and Rikishi, when they come out, uh, I might get it for a year. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not getting this for a year. We're not getting this for another two months. And that's why I just uh, I love it. When and especially when you're the the wrestlers in the ring, you know that that crowd is super hot. Yep. For this, and you have to play into it. Yep. And, and I also read that um, the shirt is the second highest grossing shirt all of 2023 already, mm-hmm. and the only one that's a higher grossing shirt is. Um, 
uh, the button down shirt from MJF, which is like a very, it, it's a higher price. Mm-hmm. So they've taken more in because the shirt is so much more. But Zach, they just came out with the shirt like three weeks ago. Yeah. It's, it's, it's basically the highest grossing shirt they have in all of 2023. And I want one. Like, I don't have one, and I want one. Right. And I want, like, those jackets were incredible. So I just, I'm all over this because I normally don't like, and I think that's why I'm so high in it, because I'm more the type that you always tell me that you like some aspects of comedic wrestling, and I'm the guy that's like, no. Yeah. No, 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 it's not working, it's not working, it's not working. So when one of them does work, uh, I'm jacked up about it. Um, so let's go in out of blood and guts. Sure. I did not, I didn't like it. Didn't and like I, it. And I'm going to tell you why after I hear from you, Sure. but I want to hear your thoughts on the blood and guts match that did have the golden elite defeat the Blackpool combat club with, um, with Pac being the fifth member, not really part of the BCC, mm-hmm. uh, leaving during the match. Uh, you also had, um, what's his name? Takeshki. Takeshta. Leave the match as well. Uh, not really a part of the Blackpool Combat Club. Uh, and I will tell people, and we'll discuss this here in a bit. I will tell people that afterwards, the BCC and the Golden Elite shook hands. We just didn't see it. Yes. Um, which I think is not a great thing. Yeah. But I... Uh, Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to hear your thoughts on just sort of the entire match. Yeah. I so I liked it. I I didn't love it, uh, but I did like it. it. The thing with this match type is that there's a long build to this. Um, there 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 were things with it that I also kind of have an issue with the NXT slash WWE, uh, War Games matches, and that they bring weapons into the ring, and that's kind of the basis when it's supposed to be the cage. I think WWE is way worse at that than AEW is here, but AEW was certainly uh, uh, guilty of, of some things of this as well. I liked it. I, I thought there was a long build to it. Uh, I think a lot of what I didn't like about it actually was more on the production side of things that actually took away stuff for me, especially the finish. I thought it was so important that if you're going to have Moxley uh you know, surrender so that he could save Yuta, that you have some sort of a camera shot on it. But instead, neither the uh, commentators, no camera shot on it. So I was lost. I was like, did did Yuta, you know, give up? Did he surrender? Did he quit? And then it was finally filled into us. Oh, it was Moxley that that surrendered for him. And, and it didn't feel like a big moment when I, if they had directed it better and they, they put the camera shot on Moxley and, and all that, I think it would have landed much better as a finish. And I did like the elements of, you know, their heels and uh, you, you've got Pac leaving and, and Takeshita leaving, realizing, you know what, this is not a fight I want to be a part of and they're a heel and that that stuff was okay with me. Um, so I liked it. Uh, I actually kind of want to lead in as well with uh, a question we got from Le Champion about this match because I think I understand where you're coming from on why he didn't like it. I don't think it's the overriding thing, but something that I think was prevalent. And Le Champion asked us uh, his question, what are your thoughts on Abushi and his debut? 
I thought he looked slow, lethargic, missed spots, and for some reason kept falling down. For someone who hasn't seen a lot of New Japan, it wasn't a good showcase. And I don't disagree with him a lot on that one. I didn't think Obushi looked that great, especially once he, after he did that uh, moonsault or shooting star onto Moxley, I thought he looked very sluggish and slow, especially for his first time back at the ring in a while. So, Zach, I don't like leading into a lot of my thoughts, too, with the fact that I'm going to give you some credit. <laughs> you, were, you were very concerned about this. Um, you, you had mentioned on previous shows that you didn't know what he was going to be like when he got there. And um, with a guy who had major injuries and some time off, and was he going to be the same Kota Ibushi? And the answer was unequivocally no. Yep. Like, this was... Look, we had a great time when we went to Forbidden Door and we saw some incredible matches when we were down there. Yep. Um, the last four weeks, and I seem to be corrected on like maybe one or two of, you can correct me, you always do. You, you, you like to, okay? So <laughs> this has not been a good month for New Japan Pro Wrestling. No. Um, because... Every guy that they have sent over, when I say every, I mean most. I don't mean every single one, but certainly the majority have been very underwhelming to what people thought or have seen in the past. So we go back to Tanahashi, right? Mm -hmm. Very disappointing seeing him in person. You would agree. Yep. Okay, so then you have the IWGP World Champion, which is who, Zach? That is Sonata. Right. Overwhelmed? I was not. <laughs> no. When, when he wrestled Jungle Boy? Now, look. Oh, sorry. Jack Perry? Yes. I should call him now. They've done everything with Jack Perry, right? And I want to talk about him in a minute, mm -hmm. but they've done everything right, except maybe not realizing Jack Perry is just not very good mm -hmm. at some things. Um, but I think they've handled him right. I would have cut his hair, but okay. Anyway, that's a whole different discussion. Mm -hmm. But your world champion, underwhelming. Tanahashi, the legend, underwhelming. But now Kota Ibushi comes in and you're expecting him from what you've heard if you haven't watched a lot of new japan and even if you have you understand what he's capable of i, I really disliked like not disliked i i really either felt bad for the other people who thought he was going to be better or felt bad for him because he never got going like he came down to the ring and he did the, like, to my point of where he looked slow, it's not even some of the things that he did. It was the psychology of walking down to the ring and being very, like, taking it all in. Like, you're this massive, massive star that everyone should be bowing down to for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And literally came in. And I believe when he got into the ring after he took care of some things, it, it was either right away or it was right at like 
two minutes later. John Moxley is stepping on Kenny Omega's hand on a bed of nails. Correct. And Mr. Bushi took his sweet ass time. <laughs> yes. Get getting over there because he's a big star, and I'm gonna make it really dramatic when I come through these ropes. <laughs> and then dude is standing on your best friend's hand. <laughs> <laughs> on a bed of nails. Yes. Like, could like what? What are you doing? And then, it, like, just from there, I felt I felt bad. I think for what they thought they were going to get, or what he thought he was going to be, but he was nothing like it. And you know, you've watched more New Japan than I have. I've watched enough to know and enough matches to watch Kotobushi in that I'm like, wow, this guy's. When this guy's at the top of his game, he's in a lot of conversations. Yep. And it doesn't mean he's number one, but when you're at the top of your game and you're in that like top five, ten in the world conversation, he didn't look anything like that. A blood and guts. So couldn't agree more with Le Champion, but it's not the only thing that I that I dislike. You you brought up, and you always seem to, you know, you, you took my pre-show notes, and you're like, I'm going to get them out before <laughs> Lee does, because... Blow up your the, spot. Right. <laughs> kind of like I do to you every time we talk on the phone. That's right. Yes. Um, but, you like, first of all, you can't have, and I believe they started to come to the ring at about 9.08, mm -hmm. I want to say. So, yeah, like, 52 minutes plus a little bit of an overrun. You had a long time to get this done. Yep. Okay. You can't have dude give up for somebody else and you not see it. Yep. And the announcers are telling you well after. They didn't even get the shot. I feel like they rushed the end where like the second the chain went around the neck of Wheeler Yuta, it was over. And it was like, what? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if you guys watched, but there was at one point that everyone was in a submission move while they focused on, and for the life of me, now I can't remember what it was, but it was a Bushi again. The same time that he, um, he went in to make this big save and he kicked everyone while they're in submission moves. Right. But that was the one where he had to go to the other ring and, and Claudio Castagnoli had the sharpshooter on and he kicked he had to kick him three times. But if you go back and watch that sequence, everybody is in major, major submission moves mm -hmm. for minutes. Zach, minutes. <laughs> Plural. And Look, I know the chain around the neck, but they didn't even really. We've seen people like hung over the ropes, and um, you know, it was a kind of a callback to John Moxley um, and Adam Page, right, hanging over the ropes. Yep. But this one lasted like five nanoseconds <laughs> before apparently somebody else threw the towel in for his teammate, which we didn't know. And then you had, you had weird times where there were a couple other things that happened in the cages. And I get it. There's ten people. 
I didn't I didn't love the going up top and being on the top of the cage spot mm-hmm. with the consecutive suplexes and then you know oh he found a way out and climbed back down but oh there's this bag and I'm gonna I'm gonna put the thumbtacks through it was just I thought this was a very very scrambled match and then what I would call violence for no reason. Okay. And I don't I don't mean like I get it. It's blood and guts and I expect violence. What I didn't expect was I didn't like the glass just being laid out very very early and just people thrown on it for no reason really early and then the glass just laying there the entire match. Yeah. I really didn't like that at all. I thought it was very unnecessary. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't mind the bed of nails and some of the spots that they did with that. I really didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. The fork, really? Okay, sure. It's Moxie's thing. He loves that stuff. Plus but, the uh, Abdullah the Butcher episode of Dark Side Ring came out that week. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, all in all, I disagree with you as well as far as the guys leaving i think you can still get into like let's be honest and it's another thing you can do on a friday night what what's tonight it's death before dishonor right is that tonight i thought it was tomorrow was that tomorrow it might be tomorrow i could i will uh, double check that but continue okay well what's the main event regardless uh pack versus claudio casagoli right do i need you to tease your ring of honor pay-per-view main event in the main event of blood and guts is that why he's leaving have to call in a last minute uh, substitution apparently and you're right the uh, pay-per-view is tonight Hmm. so i guess what i felt like was you can have your disagreements between teammates and it cost you the victory but the fact that Pac left and Takeshka left in the middle of your blow-off segment for eight months? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Seems To me, it cheapens the win for the Golden Elite. Mm-hmm. And it felt like immediately I was like, oh yeah, Pac's wrestling Claudio for the title. And that that image that that thinking that you're actually promoting and teasing your pay-per-view main event for ring of honor in the middle of blood and guts which is supposed to be your eight-month payoff i do not like zach Mm. you have them get into a fight and have have Pac even cost claudio the reason why he's the one that had to submit trying to cause friction with his own team, but be in there the entire time. Just don't leave. Mm-hmm. I actually l- didn't mind the Takeshita one after Pac left, but I hated that Pac left because it felt like a tease for another show. That's fair. I, I, I personally like that, it, that storylines could flow into one another, but I can understand your, your, your point of view on that. Uh, I, 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 I like that they left. Uh, I, again, they're they're heels and and packs a, the a heel and they did tease 
you know, the miscommunication between these guys and, and Pac is kind of a paid henchman for them in a way. So, um, and Takeshita as well. So I, I didn't mind that, but I do agree with you on, on the glass spot too. That's usually something that's kind of saved for bigger spots. Now, obviously they, they topped it. I would argue with the bed of nails, but they were, they were trying to uh, obviously make this seem as violent as possible. And, and, and to an extent, I do agree with you in terms of sometimes it felt like it was being violent for the sake of violent. Um, but overall, I, I thought it built pretty well. This was not my favorite Blood of Guts match, I can tell you that. Um, but I thought in terms of a blow-off or a feud, in terms of the overall match itself, I thought it was pretty good and it was a solid main event. I would actually agree with you with this in, in, in terms of a memorability standpoint. I think more people will remember the MJF Adam Cole stuff. Wow. Um, folks, folks, we can end here. Uh, that'll <laughs> be it. That'll be it for This Is Wrestling this week. Wow. Doc just came around. No. Um, no. From a memorability standpoint, I still hate it. But more people will talk about that than this Blood and Guts match, I think, as well. Which should never happen. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think some of the, you know, I go back and I hope people, like, if you haven't gone back and watched some of the, kind of original war games matches. Um, I didn't feel, and especially, you know, this, I I would not be a fan of these teams shaking hands. In fact, it would be the opposite for me. Like, I think you shake hands in a blow-off feud when you're doing something like an Iron Man match or however you're culminating this feud. And if you're doing it with wrestling and not cheating and somebody wins and somebody loses, I'm, I actually love the fact that guys shake hands and, you know, have a respect for each other and, and can go their separate ways. But I also go back to what I think of blood and guts and they're doing the double cage match. So it really does remind me of this is war games. This is what this is, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's the war games concept. With the teams coming out, and wouldn't you know it, the heels get the advantage. Holy man, that that, that one blew me away, Zach. That the heels <laughs> got the two on one and the three on two and the four on three and all that stuff. I amazing. Yeah, they got just, that JJ Dillon luck. Uh, what can they say? Exactly. But <laughs> but imagine at the end, like I'm just what is it? Flair, you got the horsemen um going up against. You know, at points it was Sting and it was it was Luger and um, I think Koloff was on the the good side and the Road yep. Warriors were Dusty, yeah, Dusty. Can you imagine those people shaking hands after that? No, it's a war. <laughs> like it, it is. I didn't feel like these teams hated each other, and that really kind of made me feel like it when I read the recaps afterwards that they shook hands afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in a match like this where you've led up to it for such a long time and they've done such dastardly things to each other. I don't know. How do you have a a blood and guts payoff match after eight months when really the people don't don't hate each other? They respect each other. They shook hands after. Isn't that cool? Well, not really. I don't think the World Warriors be shaking hands with anybody after their War Games match. No, definitely not. Especially not Hawk. 
but uh, <laughs> especially not Hawk. But uh, I, I will say, what I'm saying. yeah, like, I under, I, I, get I, wanna, it. I wanna feel in a double cage war games, blood and guts, whatever you want to call it. I want to feel like these people hate each other. Yep. And 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 I still got that feeling. Like I and I and I think that's why I kind of liked it a little more than you did because I still got that feeling especially considering the dynamics of the two where the Blackpool Combat Club, they're like the real fighters, the real wrestlers, and they look at the elite, in this case, the Golden Elite, and they're thinking they're not, you know, real professional wrestlers. And we, we you know, represent brutality and violence, and this is the perfect stipulation for us. Um, and then realizing they lost, while granted with the two heels walking out, it's still, you know, the Golden he- the golden Elite being able to overcome them and 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 beat them in a in a stipulation that generally fits them in terms of the Black Bull Combat Club. I think uh, in terms of a handshake afterwards, saying you know what, like we we doubted you and you proved yourselves in this blooded guts. We we thought you were the antithesis of pro wrestling, but you've earned our respect in terms of how violent we got in this match. We had the handshake afterwards. I I liked it, and and again, maybe like because the handshake wasn't shown on TV. Maybe it was just something for the crowd and we may be looking too deep into it. But even then, I, I think there's still kind of a, a cool element to that in terms of a long-term story kind of coming to a conclusion and feeling fresh on some new directions for each group, uh, especially in the case of the Blackpool Combat Club. So again, I, I didn't mind it as much. I, I, I get where you're coming from when it comes to war games matches the past and you know, these two sides, they would they would never do something like that. But I think in this scenario, the way the story sort of played out, it, it made sense for them to do the handshake. I do think it's a trope. Don't get me wrong. Like, there'll be a random independent wrestling match, and it'll be like a handshake at the end afterwards. It's like, come on. <laughs> like, you know, that doesn't have to be on every show. But in this scenario, with the way that the story was built up for this, I didn't mind it. All right. So what happens now with Abushi? What happens now with the Golden Elite, the Blackpool Combat Club. Where do we go from here? Because this, as you said, it's going to have them going in different directions. Uh, I can see the Blackpool Combat Club going face here uh, and, and and going on a bit of a face run. We'll probably continue to see on the Elite side more of the development of the Hangman Page storyline uh, within the Elite and where that kind of takes us now that Ibushi's involved. You know, is, is he going to be there every week is also going to be a question. I, I'm pretty confident he's not going to wrestle every week, but is he going to be on TV every week as a featured player on AEW, especially with their upcoming shows? For however we, for however we feel about Abushi's performance in Blood and Guts, he's still kind of a recognizable name. And some people can give the benefit of the doubt, say, you know, he's had some time off, he had injuries, he's going to get himself into a groove, and maybe he'll be back to the Abushi level we've seen uh, in years previous for these upcoming major pay-per-view shows. So on the elite side, I could see them continuing that Hangman uh, storyline. They have the stuff with the Dark Order in terms of uh, Hangman befriending the elite after the Dark Order, kind of befriended Hangman for years. Um, and in the case of the Blackpool Combat Club, I think it could be just a fresh start for them in terms of going on a babyface path. And uh, I'm sure they're going to explore that dynamic of Moxley getting uh, uh, surrendering for Yuta and maybe exploring that as well. Um, so I think there's some interesting things to kind of take out of it i definitely could say this is the end of this feud if they do another match then they really blew it but uh i i I could say 
I, I'm pretty confident saying this is the blow off of, of these two teams facing off against each other. And uh, I think both will go on separate directions. Jack Perry. Jack Perry. That's right. His music starts. He got a little vignette. Digging the grave of Jungle Boy. Coming out as Jack Perry. And winning the FTW championship off hook. I just, I think they've done a lot of things right in the direction but mm -hmm. this one it's felt to me the entire time like an opportunity is being given that is not being taken advantage of i want to like this dude like or i want to hate him like mm -hmm. i want to like to hate him do you know what i mean yeah. like yep. i i really do think that there's something there but now i'm starting to get the feeling like it might not all be there mm -hmm. um I hated the music. I was just going to say, Beethoven's Fifth Symphony didn't do it for you? No. More of a Mozart guy? Are you team no. Mozart as opposed to uh, team Beethoven? What I am is team Christian. Yes. Okay? Which is, <laughs> yes. Which, which is where he should be. And if you're going to be Hollywood guy, then first of all, you're not winning an FTW World Championship as the first thing that you get which like i don't know I, I did there was not much about this i liked because i didn't think he looked good in winning the championship and i didn't think hook looked good in losing the championship when you can lose a championship you know hook does not need the ftw world championship to be hook right mm -hmm. like he doesn't and nope. he can and there's no reason that these two guys who have now been around for a while shouldn't have had a hell of a match. And it was just there. It was just, I mean, you could see it coming a mile away and just really disappointing. Like, I, I don't, I think the feud should be much better. I think the turn of Jack Perry should be better. And for me, it's a little bit more on him than it is on the company. I would like to see it with Christian as a creative, different direction, but I don't mind what they're doing, but you got to pull it off. I just don't think he has been. Yeah. It, it's something that this is, uh, it feels like we've been saying this about Jack Perry a lot, but it, at this point now it's, it's on him to blossom and grow because I think from a long-term storytelling perspective and the basis of what they've been able to do with Jack Perry, I think this is exactly how you book a guy in terms of trying to get him a slow burn. He's a young guy. You take him to that next step. And, and it's probably going to be the same template they'll put on to Nick Wayne uh, in mm -hmm. his journey in terms of the long, drawn-out build and, and just have him slowly get better and better. Um, and in this case with Jack Perry, We've been saying that this is kind of a big make it make or break for him in terms of taking that next step and proving he could be a main event guy in this company. Um, there's still, as I, I I agree with you, Lee. There's still stuff with Jack Perry that there's still something missing. I I I see why they want to push him, but there's just something like whether it's just some sort of fire this this fire that he needs to have and promos especially that is just lacking with him right now that I'm hopeful that once he gets more comfortable 
in the heel role that it starts to come out a little bit. But in terms of the match itself, I thought Hook was actually all right in this. And um, I, I, in terms of the way that it was booked, this was exactly how I would book it as well. It made sense. And Hook, as you mentioned, doesn't need the FTW championship. And so, but otherwise, in terms of looking at Jack Perry and where he's at in terms of his career progression, um, I'm also not a big fan of the music. I It's something that I saw some people say he should have come out to the 90210 theme, which that could have uh, been something if, if Tony Khan was able to get the license for yeah, it. Yeah, but that's that's more comical again. Like, that's like I would get a really good laugh out of that. Yeah. But then I'm not taking him seriously as some like Hollywood dark Hollywood guy when he's coming out to that theme. Right. Is he gonna is he gonna be the comedic Hollywood heel? Okay. Like, uh, like rock uh, in the early two thousands. Yeah, like oh okay, sure. But I don't off. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't there's just so much I would I I don't understand a lot of it, mm-hmm. but I want to, right? Because yeah. I look, I look at it and go, I do see something in them. Um, I'm I'm to the point now where since since the beginning of the four pillars angle, up until right now, this should have been Jack Perry's like best four months of his career. Would you or whenever the four pillars thing started, when yep. did that start? Like the build for they announced that that was going to happen. Let, let, let's just say it's five months. Yep. Okay. So in five months, he's had a whole build up to a main event of a pay-per-view with a lot of promo time in the ring with some like, especially with MJF, one of the best guys on the stick ever already. Mm-hmm. And then what? whether people think Darby's great or not, he's better than Jack Perry. So yep. Jack Perry's looking up to him going, okay, I need to be at your level. I need to be at, M- I mean, you're not going to be at MJF's level, but I need to raise my game. So yep. since the beginning of all of that, then you fight Sonata. And now you come out and you've changed and you're turning on hook and beating hook. And you're the FTW world champion because you're Hollywood Jack Perry. I, I, this should be the best five months of his career. Yeah. And instead I'm like, I'm pretty disappointed. And I think that your time again with Luchasaurus as tag team champions is better. Yep. So I am convinced now that his promos are not going to get better anytime soon. I think there's a time frame where you can give somebody the benefit of the doubt. Okay. They're young. They're green. They'll, they'll get better on the microphone as this goes along. And then you see people legitimately take these small steps and start getting better and better. Mm-hmm. I don't see improvement from him at all. So in saying that, I don't know how far you're going to go if you literally can't speak enough to get your matches over. I would go right back to, I told you before, but I'm, I'm even more convinced now than ever where I would have Christian be the leader. I would have um, Jack Perry and Luchasaurus get back together and be in a team and they can, they can have separate championships if they want, Mm -hmm. 
to me, it would, I completely switch it up and go, Luchasaurus, you're the FTW world champion. And Jack Perry's wrestling should be good enough to, to have him be the TNT champion. And Christian can carry both belts and they can be there. And honestly, if you wanted to add Anna Jay, his girlfriend, mm -hmm. in as like our, you know, the the model girlfriend for the Hollywood star, okay. The reason you can't, I think, hook them up right now, no pun intended with hook, but <laughs> you can't pair Jack Perry and his girlfriend together is because I think Anna Jay's actually underrated for what she can do, mm -hmm. but she can't talk either. Like she can't get over on the microphone like Britt Baker and like some of the others. So you can't put both of them in the same spot. You need the person that's going to carry the group. I would have Christian carry this group and and put Luchasaurus and Anna Jay and Hollywood Jack Perry and have them go together and and be a like a strong strong group mm -hmm. like there's no reason that christian couldn't be the mentor slash every once in a while get in the ring and and be really good how those other guys be like what if you had christian actually win the tnt championship and the other guys won the tag team championships back or mm -hmm. or jack, christian was just the leader and jack perry was the tnt and luciosaurus was the ftw like, I, I could go a lot of different ways here, but I'm just saying, if Christian is speaking, I'm just trying to picture them coming out and being in the ring and going, okay, Christian's there, he's talking for the group, but he can still wrestle at points. And Jack Perry and Luchasaurus, maybe with Anna J too, when they come out, I now want to see them. Mm -hmm. Because I want to see Jack Perry wrestle and I want to see Christian talk. Right? I just yep. think that that group can be really relevant. And instead, they're going down this road where I'm finding myself more and more kind of irrelevant to what Jack Perry is doing. Yeah. And, and, and you could also explain very easily that Jack Perry understood what Christian was trying to teach him and, and wants to get back and, and learn from him again after, uh, you know, everything that happened in their feud previously oh, you could easily do easy, that again you know, it would be the easiest thing in the world you yeah. know what i was naive to what you were trying to teach me and you know what after i verbally didn't believe you well you tried to physically beat it into me and i still couldn't do it but you know what i finally realized i finally understand what you were trying to teach me and and where you were trying to go and Luchasaurus was smarter than me because he saw it sooner. But you know what? I see it again, and the family's back. Christian with a couple minutes, bam, it's done. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, it's done. And it's another formidable group. Because I don't know where Christian and Luchasaurus are going long-term, but if you put Jack with them, now I could see that group being around for a while. Mm -hmm. Oh, Zach. <laughs> Solving the world's problems one one part at a time. Oh, just tremendous what we are able to do on the podcast.
So I said we were going to talk WWE, but we're actually not because we're going to wait a little bit longer and start to get into. Um, you're looking forward to SummerSlam, aren't you? You're a big SummerSlam guy, Zach. Ecstatic. Cannot wait. Yeah. Let me know how SmackDown is tonight. Um, <laughs> After we'll I watch Slamball, we'll get a couple of run-ins. We'll get a you know maybe maybe Butch will lose in a match oh, or yeah. Oh, can we talk about that, by the way? Dominic Mysterio got a singles title. So, uh, congratulations. Yeah, I'm going to... Zach, I was trying to get through the whole podcast without getting to this. <laughs> uh, the new North American champion in NXT. Yeah. While riding with the... Uh, I would say the, the hottest group, the most pushed group in all of WWE. He goes and wins the secondary title on the secondary show. Okay. Yep. Get excited, Lee. <laughs> Get excited. Get excited. And I saw this uh, factoid rolling around. Uh, Dominic Mysterio is the same age as Tyler Bate, and yet Dominic Mysterio is getting the big push. So uh, wonderful. Talent evaluation coming through again in the WWE. So uh, yeah, Dominic Mysterio is a singles champion, and the reaction I saw was a resounding, "Oh no." And uh, so, cannot wait. Get put all the belts on Judgment Day at this point. Yeah, ha- put all the belts on Dominic. I say, have a pin Roman, and just <laughs> like foot on the chest, you know, posing over Roman. Just just go all the way with it at this point. Just, I say. just stack them up. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, stack them all up. Put the Usos in there as well. Paul Heyman can be stacked up on there as well, and just have a pin all of them. You and, know what? Uh, Cody, Cody, and Brock. No yeah. problem. No, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we already know Cody's a geek from WrestleMania. So let's go fresh. <laughs> let's go with Dominic Mysterio. That's what the people want. I mean, the heat that everybody talks about with this guy. That, oh, they love booing him. Let's just go all the way with it, Lee. I mean, he's got this otherworldly heat. Why not just go all the way? Like, God, their talent evaluation is so bad at that company sometimes. Not so good, so Zach. Bad. Tyler Bate is in the system the same age, and they're deciding not to push him. He's not the son of a legend, Zach. Clearly not. I mean, Eric Watts would get a push in this. Company oh, you know what? I I miss Eric Watts going up against uh, Alex Wright. Though I mean, I miss those matches. <laughs> don't you? Don't you put some dirt on Alex Wright? No, I mean, no, no. How dare you? I mean, I, you know what? I, I realize a match I, I, I want now. I want Alex Wright versus Daniel Garcia. That's a dance-off I'm willing to look for. <laughs> that's the dance-off I'm looking for. That's you what it, he that's... just stole all of Alex Wright's moves, Daniel Garcia? <laughs> I mean, he he's watched, so over. He I had mean... to watch tape on Alex Wright? <laughs> yes. I, I mean, if I want to get over, I'd be watching my Alex Wright tapes. I mean, that dance was over, my friend. He does it too much, but it is <laughs> over. But for a guy that wanted to be like he was the real wrestler of the sports entertainers, suddenly he's the most sports entertainment guy. Very quickly, where do you think they're going with this uh, Chris Jericho, Don Callis stuff? Uh, I, I think they are going to disband JAS. Uh, it, it's yeah. trying to run its course. For sure, and, they are, and 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 I think there could be something interesting with Jericho now with Callus. I can already hear the people talking about, oh, here comes Jericho trying to be with something that somebody that's very very over. 
but the guy still, you know, puts up big quarter hours whenever he's on and he's still over to that audience. So for those that don't like Jericho, we'll get excited because there's going to be more Jericho on your screen. But, so. but where is it going to go? Like, is it going to be, is there going to be a new faction? I could see a new faction and I don't think it'll be as big uh, of a faction as the previous ones. It, I could see it being like a, a three person squad with Jericho at the helm. Um, just to kind of change it up a little bit, because I think at this point with Jericho, the best thing you could do with Jericho is have him be a, a head of a faction, a, a leader of a group. Um, and, and I think he and Callus, obviously they already have some built in chemistry there. So I think that could be something interesting and that could open the door as well uh, for a future Jericho Omega match if they wanted to do it on a dynamite or something. So, yep. uh, so, so that's what I could. Uh, that's something I could see uh, happen uh, in, in the case of Jericho. Um, but uh, I, I could see him just leading like a a smaller group, like maybe he and two others. Well, Takeshka would be part of it. So yep. then, who else is there? Could right. you do Garcia? I'd like to think he could. Mm -hmm. um, I'd certainly be pulling for him mm -hmm. to be one of the guys, but I don't know. I'm trying to think of who else might be there. You got a returning Lance Archer. Mm -hmm. um, but I think he'd actually have to go more into... Like, what are they going to do with Miro? Mm -hmm. What are they going to do with some of the other, like, let's mix things up a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Anyway, I think it's food for thought for people that, like, what is actually going to happen? I We know uh, Jericho and Don Callis are going to be together. Mm -hmm. It's just, how are they going to make it a little bit more special once they get there so that they can put themselves back up in a in a main event picture? Could they do like maybe they see the tag teams in the blind eliminator tournament and maybe put one of those tag teams with Jericho? I mean, it, there's also the potential, and and this is not something I'm I want, but considering the consistency, it would not shock me if Jake Hager is involved in this new group whatsoever. No, Zach, 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 Zach. I know Zach. Uh, you, you have to be prepared for it. You have to be. I mean, he, Hager has been in both of uh, Jericho's groups, so. It's it's uh, not out of the realm of possibility. I know he gave his hat. Purple hat. He gave yeah, the purple right. hat. He gave up the purple hat, and I know that's a big deal in the world yeah. of pro wrestling. Yeah. But uh, but uh, you could never truly rule that out. So, Dak, try to just understand what would happen in a purple hat versus the tent match, and, and I'll leave and I'll leave you with that. Wow. Okay. I don't think the tent's doing the job in that match. I can tell you that. <laughs> so. <laughs> hey, as the hat says, Zach. It's always on top. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and for Zach McGiven, I'm Lever Sage. Thanks again for listening to This is Wrestling.